Hello. Hello, we are live. We're back doing an FFS. Hello. Hello. I, I, I suddenly got a wave of being back in the pandemic then, and like PTSD of, oh my God, we're doing the lives. Um, yeah, but we're back. This is a Grow Traffic FFS Friday Facebook session. These are our fortnightly sessions where we dive into something, a latest development that's happening, or we give you top five tips on something. Um, this is These are quite specific sessions, quite short sessions, targeted on one thing. Um, but this is the first one that we've done for over a year. Um, so forgive us if we're a little bit rusty. Uh, but my name's Rachel from Grow Traffic. Um, who are you? Me? Uh, my name's Simon Dolly. I'm also from Grow Traffic, one of the directors here with Rachel and uh, the other one who's not on this uh, on the screen today. You'll have to excuse me because I have been doing some errands this morning and have been unable to get back in time for the FFSO, and which we sat in a car park on like a service station, um, and that's where I'm doing this from right now. Yeah, you've just so, pulled off the motorway, haven't you, to frantically do this? I thought that would be the best way rather than rather than being late or um or not being there at all. Yes, absolutely. Because today we are easing ourselves back in, in inverted commas, um, with a, a chat about AI and search, artificial intelligence and, and how is it changing search, what are some of the latest developments, um, and then what does that mean? What does that mean for people who have businesses, who have websites, who are creating content, who are trying to get themselves noticed online? What does it mean for search engine optimization? What does it mean for our our jobs and what we do? Um, and it is quite, I say, we're, you know, easing ourselves back in tongue-in-cheek because because obviously it's a humongous subject. It's massive. So many developments happening um, and so many developments happening quicker than you can keep up with them at the moment. Um, it's moving very, very quickly. Uh, but Dali, you were kind of the only one that could come and have this conversation with me really, weren't you? So that's why you had to pull the motorway frantically. I wouldn't go that far. I think uh, everyone's started to use it. So we'll, we'll have a good understanding. I've, I've probably just been using it the longest and more than anyone else. Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's start there then. I, I mean, that's a good place to start. How do you use AI? How do you use it? What do you use? And what has it meant for you in your job as a search engine optimizer? So I, I use, I use AI all the time now. Um, so I started using chat GPT last, uh, at the start of last December. No. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of not, not long after chat GPT 3.5 came out, which was the, um, the, the big leap forward really in the kind of public facing large language models that, that we've all come to use. Um, I've had a paid subscription to, uh, chat GPT 4, um, since, since that was released really. Um, and I've access to, to some API things as well. Um, I use it for everything. Um, I use it to, uh, sense check emails. I use it to help me write reports. I use it to crunch data, um, to quickly analyze, uh, keyword trends, um, in, in ways that I, I perhaps would struggle to. So I'll, I'll often, uh, take the average ranking data over, say, a year or two and I'll, I'll, I'll stick that into a, a, 
a spreadsheet and then put that into to chat GPT, just load it and ask for a kind of quick analysis and, and, and start to use prompts to work out what we what we should be then focusing on. Obviously all this needs human intervention as well. You you the the content that you get out of chat GPT is generally only as good as the um, as the prompts that you put into it. Um, I've also used um, ChatGPT4 has the ability to create imagery. Um, so I, I often use that for um, images that support blog posts. Um, I try, I, I do use ChatGPT now to, to write some blog posts. Um, it's, you know, there's, 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 there's certain caveats that go into that. You better be careful what you do with that. Mm. Well, um, we'll come on to that. But I mean, essentially, I mean, when, when you say you use, you know, chat GPT for everything, it has become a running joke now because you literally use it for everything. Like you will write WhatsApp messages using chat GPT to, to us. Uh, and, and, you know, th- we, we laugh about that, don't we? Well, well I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well known that, that I can, I, I, I tend to be very succinct in, in the way that I deliver things in messages and, I just end up upsetting people. Um, so <laughs> quite often I, I put it through chat GPT, what I want to say, and it might give me some indications of what I should say, or I just, you know, grab what it's telling me I should write. Um, the the and- problem with that is, and we are going to come on to talk about some of the sort of pitfalls of AI, um, is that we all instantly know when something has been either written by you or written by chat GPT. And so when we get messages from you say like, I, I, I'm using chat GPT because I know I am not a good enough communicator. So I'm getting help from chat GPT. Whereas as the recipients of that, we get a message from you that's clearly written by chat GPT and we go, Oh, you just got chat GPT to write that. And sometimes you know we're a bit more offended than if you tried. <laughs> do, do you know, it's interesting though. I've noticed that, I'm starting to write like ChatGPT, so okay, often the the uh, messages that I've written myself will read like ChatGPT, and I, I've noticed that I'm doing things like um, just without even thinking about it. I've started to notice that I alliterate more in my in my sentence structure because um, mm. ChatGPT does that. Um, I've, I've found myself using commas before and. Yeah. which is something that, that is a giveaway point for chat GPT. But, I've, you know, I was always told one comma in a sentence, never a comma before an and. Keep your sentences short as possible. Start again. But I've, I found myself having, you know, because that, that's one of the biggest things that I read quite a lot of the time is is the conversations that I'm having with with the different AIs. And that's, that's mm. creeping into my, the way that I write. Yeah, yeah. So, so AI is implementing. I mean, this is the thing that there are, that's the uh, the comma in front of and is an immediate giveaway, and we're not talking here about the Oxford comma. So it is not a comma where there should be a comma before an and. Chat GPT just puts a comma before every single and that it uses, and. It, it means I instantly spot it and it drives me absolutely insane. Um, and it's the one way that I, I mean, we have these conversations, don't we? How is Google going to know uh, whether or not something's been written by a human or written by chat GPT? I can see immediately when somebody gives me something that's written by chat GPT, I just, you know it, you know, I can, I can spot it a mile off. So it, it, this whole thing of, you know, how is it going to be detectable? It's immediately detectable, but then you're saying but, but, but on the flip side of that, I've started writing like chat GPT now so you know maybe yeah not, not naturally and, but but it's it's a good point so um 
there's certain things that I I do when I'm if I want it to help me generate content. So the prompt that I'll give it will say something like it, it'll you know say what I want it to do, and then I'll ask it to write in British English, writing with short sentences, uh, using simple language, um, and and blah blah blah. So I'll, I'll I'll kind of build the prompt around knowing the type of content that it'll spit out. And then I'm always going to review it. And one of the things I always do straight away, because we know about the, the comma in front of the and, is I do a find and replace and delete all the commas in front of the and. Mm. Uh, it is interesting. I mean, that, that whole thing about without getting, you know, I don't want to go down a, too much of a techie chat GPT rabbit hole because we have talked about chat GPT specifically before, but you can get really specific with your prompts with it and, and you essentially train it. You know, I've done it where I've used um, I've used it to help me come up with strategies for clients. So I've been doing a strategy and I've said, you know, come up with a a, 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 a content marketing strategy for um, a lawyer based in Lancashire and it'll give me something and then I'll go okay um, you know make that more specific geographically and it'll it'll refine it down and then I'll say make this specific for lawyers that are you know family specialists for example and it'll refine it a little bit more and then you can say yes write it you know use shorter sentences reduce the word count you know you can absolutely train it and get some really detailed stuff out of it can't you so it's it's a useful tool but I don't want us to just talk about chat GPT because there are there are other things when we talk about AI and search we're not just talking about people who are using chat GPT to create content we are going to talk a little bit about content in a minute um, but we're talking about other aspects of how AI is now being used by search engines so Bing were the first ones to actually incorporate AI into their search results and Google were working on their their own model um, whilst they were kind of and they were kind of gazumped by Bing. So Bing has actually been doing this a little bit longer than Google. Google then panicked and released their one. Um, and so, you know, there are pros and cons about how good these things are and what have you. But the upshot of it so is... Just, just to jump in there, Rachel, sorry, just to jump in. Um, if, if anybody has... So, so the, the Bing... The Bing version of AI was ChatGPT or is ChatGPT because Microsoft um, own a, a massive stake in ChatGPT uh, or, or in OpenAI, should I say? But um, Google's model they came out with Bard. They've they've recently just released their new version, which is Gemini, um, and it's it's so much better. And and I I've used it recently, and I would say it's arguably better than ChatGPT in the answers yeah. it's given. I mean, they they were, like I say, they were developing it for, you know, a while, weren't they? And um, uh, they were gazumped, so they released the first version perhaps quicker than they were ready for it, but then they have refined it quite quickly. And this kind of race for who has the, the AI is now, like you say, Google's. Google's probably taken over from uh, from where Bing is. Um, Joseph's just asked, uh, is AI, is grow traffic going AI? So, I mean, it depends what you mean by that, because quite a lot of the stuff that we're already using is AI, um, which, we'll, which we'll explain. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the, what, what that means is in terms of search, the, the direct search results that you get when you go to your search engine and you ask it a question once upon a time, as in like last year, um, if you went and asked a question of your search engine, whether you typed it into your browser or you asked it of your Alexa, however you were doing it, the result that you got was was 
the mind from somebody's website. So the search engine went out, found a website that answered that question and returned that as the result and said, this is what this website says. What is now happening is you go to your shout at your Alexa or Siri or, or your browser or whatever. If you ask it a question, that question now is generated by AI. So it is no longer getting it from somebody's website. Obviously, it's scraping the data, but it's essentially saying this is the answer to that question. And it doesn't need to send you to a, a website anymore to get that answer. Now, for us, us, we promote the websites of businesses to get them more found higher up the search engine. So one of the things that we always used to say is ask and answer all of those questions that, you know, we want those search engines to come to your website to find the answer rather than going to your competitors. And that was how we did it. And now they've cut that out entirely. That has massive implications for Google's business model. It has massive implications for the businesses that are, are trying to get their websites optimize and it has massive implications for us as search engine optimizers because essentially the basic thing that we did is now different so you know dally what do you think the implications are going to be of that long term um i think that the the implications i, I actually think the implications are are better than a lot of people think um because i always look at, at what search engines do from an economic perspective and if you think about how, what, what, what uh, AI enables you to do, which is essentially create a, a, an absolute ton of content um, and put it out there, that's, that's part of the reason why, why Google has been ignoring content, as in not indexing content in the same way that it used to do. You know, it used to basically index everything that it came across. And now there's so many trillions of pages of content that, that, it's, that it's kind of ignoring it. Um, I think it's uh, and it's also ignoring a lot of the the kind of what we what you might call more content sites. Um, so I think that that could be a good thing for those businesses that are really committed to creating their own content and creating unique content that actually adds something to the conversation and isn't just content that's regurgitated. Um, part of what I always look for when I'm thinking about content strategy is how many people have actually written this piece of content before? You know, is it a piece of content that, that is on that many websites that you might as well not bother? Um, when I first started working in, in, in SEO, way back when, one of the things that I could pretty much guarantee is that I get a piece of content to rank to uh, at position one for a keyword. And that was because back then, nobody had created a piece of content for that, that keyword or search phrase before. Uh, and obviously now we're in a much different position where virtually every piece of <laughs> every phrase that you might think about putting into Google has been has been kind of written in some ways. Um, I also you're think taking that, a, you're taking us down the content route, which is the next point. So you're doing what you do every time we do one of these, and you're jumping ahead to my next point. Well, so well let, let me let me pull it back to transactional keywords then. Yeah. Um, so so what I, what I would say is that that I think that AI is going to be is, is great for informational keywords, informational searches and requests and understanding things. But when you get to transactional searches or, you know, transactional things, you're probably still going to go back to a search engine. So I think, by, I personally think that, that we're going to see a reduction in the number of queries for uh, informational queries on, on search engines but a, 
uh, a kind of plateau, a similar, you know, similar level of transactional key, uh, searches, if not increasing as the economy kind of grows. Mm, okay. So, there we so go. yeah, good. So, I mean, the the long and short of it is that it's it's a seismic change in terms of how the search engines are operating because you know Google makes the majority of its money from um from ads and from businesses paying to get those those top results and if if essentially people are getting their answers not from from websites and not from businesses that are paying and what have you you know that that is going to put a big hole in google's revenue and that's something that it, it's going to be um grappling with there are other well, things well, just, just to just to just to go back on that so whilst that is true you've got to think that the majority of uh, uh search queries that people are paying for uh, through through PPC are good transactional keywords. They're not, you know, people don't typically pay for informational kind of non-commercial keywords. Um, so the vast majority of, of Google's revenue comes from Google ads and not from AdSense or, you know, not from the display network. Really. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily think that that, that will change. Hmm. that side of it there just will be there will be fewer searches i think going through google uh comparatively or or no let me let me say that again uh there will be fewer searches going through google than there could have been if ai didn't exist okay we, we are going to come on to talk about paid search as well so don't jump ahead too much yet oh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was trying to get I was trying to get a more top level sort of generalized. How is it going to impact the the search engines and how they work? But it's fine, it's fine, it's all good. Um, okay, so um, there's just a couple of other things that I, I wanted to talk about, which are multi search and circle to search, which are two developments that came out sort of tail end of last year um, and circle to search is one of those things that has literally just started being um, advertised it's on the latest Samsung phone it's on the latest Google phone uh, so you may have seen this advertised on the telly um, and essentially it is that you um, if you have something on your phone and you are watching, say, something on Netflix or you're watching a video on YouTube and you see something that you like in that video, you can circle on your phone, either using your finger or the stylus thing, and it will then search for that thing without you having to leave that app that you're on. Uh, it will then take you through, do a search and and find that thing, whether you've circled a person, it'll bring up, you know, this is that actor and this is what they've been in and blah, blah, blah. Or you can circle um, the, the, the example that is on the um, advert, the Samsung advert is a, a lamp. So you can circle the lamp and it will find you where that lamp has come from and or give you alternative examples to that lamp. Um, obviously, that's you know, going to make searching much easier for people. You don't have to stop the thing that you're watching and go into Google and search for it. Theoretically, they're saying you can do it whilst you're still watching that program. So that's that's a big change, potentially, in terms of how people search and the things that they search for and the number of searches that they do. That is generated by AI. So it's using AI to go and find other things that are very similar to that. Another one, the, the multi-search thing that I mentioned, similar thing, actually. So this, but this is kind of real life examples. So again, the, the example that Google gives for multi-search is if you are in a charity shop, and you see a game and you don't know quite what that game is, you can take a photo of that game and ask it, ask Google to do a multi-search and Google will say this is, you know, dominoes and, and bring up the search results for this thing. So it's using the image and it's giving you an image and text 
results so rich rich SERPs rich uh, results pages um, but it's telling you about that thing so you can literally just go around and say what is this and what is like Shazam for the real world essentially um, again these are powered by AI but what they're trying to uh, push people towards is is search becoming um, a sort of intrinsic part of the way that we live our lives. So a bit like now how we have our Alexa devices in the home and we shout, you know, what's the weather going to be like? And uh, Alexa set a timer for this. And oh, you've dropped your phone. Um, Alexa set a timer and Alexa play this song. And Alexa, what does this word mean? And blah, blah, blah. And we're just talking to our devices now as second nature. They want us to use um search in a similar way so they're trying to make it easy and that's coming back to that point you were making Dally about kind of will there be fewer searches will it change how we use search any any views on the impacts of that um i mean they the 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 search engines the the big the big tech companies meta included i suppose have been trying to inch us towards the the all get augmented reality kind of Future that they that they anticipate, um, and and I think this is a, another step towards it. I mean, I, I I don't know about yourself, but I've been using image search for years, so um, this this feels like a natural, you know, next next step on that journey, really. Um, and it will change. It will change SEO. You know, it's, it, it changes if everything is not based on keywords in in the way that that, that we do things at the moment. Um, then, then it will it will absolutely change the way that that people market themselves online. Um, I used I I remember saying you know I remember saying I I I'd rather read about read something than than watch a video about something. But I'm, even I'm coming around to me, but I find myself watching watching more you know videos on how to do things and um, um, information. I, I do still read the news. I do like to to sit down and just scroll through different written bits of news but other than that i think i quite often go to video content now same with images i suppose yeah. um and I, and I see that i see that the that kind of push towards um us digitizing or bringing digital elements into every aspect of the real world is is absolutely the way we're, we're inevitably gonna go and do you know what, as well, I think, you know, we as as, as SEOs and, and the industry generally is kind of partly to blame. And, and Google pushed us down this road. I mean, there's that, you always use the example of recipes, don't you? You know, if you want your recipe to rank number one, you know, if I'm looking online for a, a recipe for like Dauphinoise potatoes, for example, the top ranking one will be a website where somebody has written about the time that they went to France and had the best Dauphinoise potatoes ever and the story of when and their mum first made it for them. And then they've got a whole bit about it's best to have your kitchen at this temperature. And I use butter from here. And, you know, I, I sometimes hand churn the cream that I'm going to use. And, and you have to scroll through pages and pages and pages of content before you get to the actual bit that is just the recipe. And then this is how you make it. And so now if I want a recipe for Dauphinoise potatoes, I will search for it and I will find a video, preferably a TikTok video, because I know that somebody is going to give me in 30 seconds this is how you do it and I'm like great that's the information I need perfect off I go um, and I think like you say you know now we are very much being trained towards this thing of short form content you know you don't have to read through 
pages of stuff and adverts and scroll past things that you don't want to see in order to just get the tiny snippet of information you need. Here's a 30 second TikTok. Someone's going to give you the answer. And so that's where we are gravitating now because we've all got the attention spans of, you know, newts, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, there we go. I'll be honest, Rara. About two minutes ago, I think I lost interest because I've got the attention of the the best of times. Right. Lovely. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, Okay. So, you know, those are the sort of implications of it on a a search terms, you know, for for us and our jobs and the search engines. What does this mean for people that are creating content so we've already touched upon it briefly but you know if if we're advising the businesses that we work with the people who have websites you know what type of content should they be creating and how should they be creating content um i think that well from what what i can see uh longer form content is is beneficial keep it very very niche um is, is you know that topical authority and relevance is still important um whilst whilst um search engines are moving towards video and and images and have been for years text is still you know the the primary thing that they 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 consider um and so i don't think you can get away from a a written um a written uh, sorry a content based a a copy based strategy at, at this point um, I think you should be incorporating other elements into your content strategy if you can, though, and this will kind of safeguard against things in the future. Uh, I always, always recommend to, to businesses these days that they focus on creating content in the consideration phase of the buying cycle. So that's the phase where people already know the product that they that, that they want to buy or they know the different suppliers that could potentially supply them with the product or service that they're going to buy and you're just giving them that information and um, you know let other people worry about kind of educating your audience for you unless you've created every piece of content that you could possibly imagine in that consideration phase um you know stick to that until until you you've got a good supply of content on there it's just a a point a really good point and a key point that i just want to put in a slightly different way because um you're absolutely right and again if we're thinking about how are that how is that buyer journey going to change how is the way that people are using search engines and engaging with them going to change if they are getting their what we call top of the funnel answers from the search engine so they're starting with you know um i don't know what's a good family car for example um and an AI is giving them that result first, theoretically, by the time that they land on your website or uh, are at the point where they need your website, they should be further down that that funnel. So they're not in that, you know, initial general information phase now. They're more towards that phase where they're ready to compare you with other people or compare your product with other products that are out there on the market or figure out why you're a good company to buy for. So your content should be more much more targeted on who are you as a company? Why is your product good? You know, what what are the benefits of it above other people's products? Focus your content there. It's all about, are you adding something new to the conversation? Are you making it really, really specific to you? Um, And are you doing things like, um, you know, case studies, uh, product specific tests and things like that? All of that content that should be adding value and adding something to the conversation, but much further down the funnel is basically it, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, but, but also, um, you know, if you can find a new area where you are genuinely adding like a, a new piece of content, something that nobody's ever created before, then absolutely be going for that as well. And think about um, think about how you can make that content more unique. Um, so can you bring in any re- reference to your experience within that sector or that market? Uh, you know, the kind of understanding that you, you would only have if you have, I don't know, if you're a, if you're a, a, a joiner that's only ever put hung doors for the last 50 years and you've got like every little hint and tip in the, uh, that, that's going, you know, just sharing those things that, that perhaps um, an AI wouldn't be able to pick up on as easily and include. Um, but also for, 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 you know, for people perhaps in less, um, less manual kind of, of, of sectors like ours, you know, is there uh, bits of research that you can do? Uh, can you think about ways of, uh, and there we go once again. <laughs> Just can hold it. Of, Why do you keep trying to balance it? Just hold it. Can you, what was I going to say? Can you think about different ways? Can you uh, survey your audience? Can you find little bits of, um, or your customers even, uh, find different bits of tidbits of information. I'll tell you what it is. The phone keeps wanting to um, turn its its screensaver off. All right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that that's it, isn't it? Now, you know, AI is going to be producing all of that generic content. So you need to be doing something that AI isn't doing. Now, that's not to say don't use AI. You know, AI is great. And as you've just said, Dali, you're using it on a daily basis for pretty much everything that you do. I use it. I use it to come up with um, the structures of blogs. I use it to come up with ideas for content that I could create. I use it to come up with um, uh, content marketing strategies and stuff. So AI has its place, but don't just let AI write all of your blogs for you because essentially it's not really going to serve you any purpose. One of the things we've been doing with our clients recently is, as you say, going much more niche, much more specific to them, fewer posts, but better quality. And that is working. We are seeing demonstrably that that is working time and again. So the strategy that we were advising you on, if you watched an FFS, you know, 18 months ago, we were saying, ask and answer every question that your customers have. We're not saying that anymore. Don't do that. That's out the window. Now it is about just ask the questions and answer the questions that only you know the answer to that only you can provide some really detailed knowledge on and really good context on and a really good case study on and a really good client testimonial on focus on that what are you doing that nobody else is doing and target your content around that and mostly it's going to be text still but you are going to have to start thinking about throwing a little bit of video in there using images image particularly and optimize your images really across your website um because that's how people are going to start searching for stuff now it's much more image and and voice activated than it ever has been we have run out of time simon dally we didn't even get to talk about ads we'll have to come back to ads well i did talk a little bit about ads didn't i we shall return to ads in a future session um but yeah that's it simon dally final tips that you would add on in terms of this um, I, I would say that um, right now where we are, AI is changing the way that people use search engines and it, it is changing how we think about the types of activity we do for search engines. Um, however, right now, I, um, I, I feel quite confident that it, by 
that in many ways it means that we get a better opportunity to focus on transactional keywords um which are the ones that that our our clients are are really want us to um you know so that and it, it's given us the that those extra tools to do an even better job at focusing on those keywords you know ai can crunch data in a way that i i can't crunch you know in if you do it in seconds what i can do in days yeah. uh, and that that's part of the benefit there and that means that we can we can be really reactive to to things that are changing try to understand them in ways that we we wouldn't ordinarily else be able to do individually i i think as well like there was a time you know last year even when the content machine had just gone insane and we were producing content for clients and if we were lucky we were getting some gains but really we were just chucking absolutely more shit at the wall for want of a better phrase um and and it was a really hard slog and actually now with with just changing that strategy a little bit and like i say we're creating potentially less content but better quality more in-depth more personalized more the kind of stuff that our clients want us to talk about anyway because they were like why write a blog about what does a lawyer do you know if they're engaging a lawyer they obviously know that now we're going much further down and we are getting much better results the clients are seeing much better gains you know we're getting them on page one quicker than we ever were so for me I think it's it's quite exciting and quite uh, sort of reinvigorated SEO if you like we can do things that are making us happy but are making our clients happy as well so yeah it's exciting times there we go right there and on go. that front that's it we shall be back in a fortnight's time we'll probably be talking about um ppc and paid search um in the meantime thank you very much for watching thank you liz hello uh, there as ever um if you are watching this back in the future and you would like to ask us a question, please still do leave us a comment uh, because we will read it and we will answer it. And if you would like to email us with any queries, you can email us at info at growtraffic.co.uk. That's it. We'll be back soon. Before Thanks you go, before you go, Rara, yeah. one yeah. second. Do you want to see my new hat? Oh, go on then. Check this oh, out. Is that How cool is that? Star? It's got ear, ear defenders. This is metal. It's oh, a metal wow. visor. That's okay, cool, good. isn't it? Yeah. Do now I get it? Yes, I do. And now you need one to stop you chopping your arms and your legs off as well, don't you? What? what? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time to wave. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. -bye,